right, let's get this party started. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Crew Shaken, a Warhammer 40,000 tabletop wargaming podcast recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. As always, I am your host, Tim, and I am joined as ever by Lavelle and Carlo. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Tim. Good to be here. Hey, good afternoon. A very exciting episode. I feel like we were we are like paddling on our surfboards out towards the wave that is the ninth edition of Warhammer 40,000. I feel like we see the wave on the horizon. We just had a good ride with eighth edition and we're thinking that's going to be the wave for me. That's going to be the wave for me. We can see it rumbling in the distance. We don't know exactly when it's going to hit us, but we're stoked. We can hear it. And we're going to talk about the things that we have heard so far today on episode 34. Let's dive in as we always do with hobby progress. I'll get us started. The last two episodes, I've been talking about this big coronavirus orc army painting project that I have taken on. Unfortunately, it's been sitting on the dining room table for a little bit too long, according to the uh, powers of the Inquisition that I am uh, domiciled here with. Uh, so I put that one away back in the basement for a little while. And uh, in my painting space, I've been working on my conquest, the last argument of King's army, because I know Lavelle has his painted and ready to play. Ready to my, go. Mine is in the process of getting finished the basing right now, but I got the, that whole thing ready and rocking. I need to get, I think I need to get two more of the little HQ models, the single packs, to really build the list of the way I want it to with all the, with all the forces that I have. I need two more models, but, uh, but that's going to be great. That is just in the process of getting finished up now. And after that, I have my orc army to finish. And then I'm looking at my Titanicus stuff, which I have primed. And uh, at least uh, I, I did primed and I airbrushed all the metallic bits. Now I got to do the armor plating appropriately. Uh, so that'll be next for me in uh, hobby progress coming up. But this week, I hope to finish up that conquest army, put it in the beautiful box that I have for it, and just put it on the shelf until we can get together and try that game out for the first time. Lavelle, I'm going to throw it over to you, your hobby progress in, since the last episode. Well, I've been making quite a few purchases. I just purchased my uh, emulator um, for my Sisters of Battle Army. I was waiting to get that model. And now that I have it, I think I have my entire Sisters of Battle set ready to be built, painted, and play with. So I've been, I've been very patient. I didn't rush around and build them because I want to make sure that the painting is identical this has to be the most beautiful army of all armies. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> nice. I purchased Engine War. I'm still reading through it. Um, but I have to say, it's an incredible step up for the AdMac faction. Up until now, I, I kind of I like the AdMac a little bit. I, I played double this with you. Um, but I felt like they they met they they missed something that they needed to make them a complete army. This does the trick. Um, I actually bought two of the flyers. Um, I had a Doom Rider that I needed to put my um, my priest in, and um, I got six of the horse slash dog riding guys and six of the wing guys. And I'm starting to put that together. I wanted to. I have. I, I was. A, I was lucky. I got a beautifully painted model from somebody. Uh, model army that was somebody was getting rid of it, and now I'm matching that paint job, and it will be a nice complete force. That will be great. The last thing is, and I know everybody is going to be scoffing at this, I finally started reading Gaunt's Ghost. 
I I went back. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I went back to the very first book, the first and only, and I started reading it. Uh, my son Achille, he he claimed he he swore by it, but I have to tell you, it's some of the best guard reading that I have read. It's really really good. It's really really good. So I'm I'm reading the the, the first and only novel. Um, you know, I I, I don't read a lot. Uh, I read books here and there in the 40K. The one books that I read, I read, um, I've been keeping Watchers of the Throne. I think that's the Watchers of the Throne series. And I read um, uh, all the Ravener books and all the Eisenhorn books. It was actually the Eisenhorn books that really got me into the reading entire series. Um, I want to talk about, I'm going back to a book that we read. You you guys, have you seen um, Engine War yet? I have not. No. Okay. So I don't think I would be spoiling if I read you. And you know how they have the little call out boxes in the middle of the book. I mean, you know, it's just talking about something. I want to say hi to to my fans. Yes. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) They have a section. It's on page 11 of of the Varlian device. And it's supposed to be some device that cancels out the warp. I was not sure if this is that same device in that book we read. You remember oh, the the, uh, the Imperial bomb? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Just the way they described it, and I wasn't sure if this because they don't really say when when that story takes place. You mean the Imperial device that they thought destroyed the warp, but just displaced it to another? Carlo, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Across the galaxy is close enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. So th- this is a really, it, it, it's, it, they bring it up in the in engine war. And I was thinking, hey, that sounds like that other vice that didn't really work the way they thought it would work. And so I, I, was un, I was unsure if there was some connectivity between that novel and what we're reading here in engine war. Because it is a battle for a forge world. Awesome. Right. Awesome. So that's what I've been doing for my hobbies. Carla, what about you? What do you got? Uh, not too much. You know me. I always lose focus on stuff, especially when we're in the middle of like a a time where we can't really put our armies to use. So, um, but I've been spending a lot of my time getting. We're getting like a new puppy soon, so all my money and time has been going into getting the house ready for that. So I've been buying like I don't know you've been to my house and we have those like floating stairs. So that's like the first thing I have to worry about it dying on. So uh, yeah. wow, <laughs> dying on. Yeah. So I gotta. I'm buying a. They're wood, so I'm buying um like little uh, bull nose carpet pieces to stick on each stair so that it can have traction while it's going down the stairs and stuff. Oh, and good. You, you're not enclosing the stairway or anything. You're just making no, it. no, no. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm while it's small, I'm gonna enclose it with like plastic uh, pieces, like acrylic pieces. I'm gonna cut or something. Um, and then. Uh, We've got uh, gates coming, and I've been cleaning out the backyard, so I can't find anything to eat back there, you know, choke on or whatever. And then uh, just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on, but not not much hobby stuff uh, other than, like, picking up all the Warhammer heads that have rolled onto the floor <laughs> all around my house. Like, it's either, like, Warhammer bits or Monica's bobby pins. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't want to be at fault, so all the Warhammer stuffs get picked up. Nice. I'll find the Bobby Pins. <laughs> you know, I'll pick those up too. So. <laughs> nice, nice. 
Good. That's all the hobby progress we have. So we'll take a short break. We will come back with section two, which is going to be a big look into engine war and a big look into what we're hearing about the wave that will be ninth edition. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Section two, tactical upload. This is like a look ahead to future history as well, because we're talking about the coming tidal wave that is going to be Warhammer 40,000 ninth edition or 8.5 or 8.75 edition. I'm going to call it ninth edition because some of these changes do sound pretty large. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about the latest volume in Psychic Awakenings. I'm a Psychic Awakening, rather. I myself am still two books behind because of the pandemic breakout and the lack of shipping to and from local gaming stores and the games workshop proper. I have yet to find a copy of um, the Beast book. And uh, the greater good I had ordered from two sellers on eBay who actually didn't have it in stock. They just were listing it on eBay for the sake of listing something. And they were like, yeah, we'll ship it to you as soon as the pandemic's over. I'm like, no, you won't. How about the refund? Um, so I'm hoping to get that uh, soon. I emailed uh, two of our friendly local gaming stores this morning, hoping that uh, somebody had both of those books in stock or um, on route at least so I could get caught up. So I'm a few books behind, but um, I've been reading a bit about each of those releases. But let's, talk, let's start with the most recent one, which I know the is excited about in light of some new army acquisitions he's been making recently. Let's talk engine war. Lavelle, you, you have this in your hot little hands right now. Right. Tim, before we go on, what was the last book before this one? Saga of the Beast. It is not on my shelf, my son. <laughs> uh, bum, bum. He's a space wolf player, isn't he? <laughs> yes! Yeah. He must, be, he must be made to pay. When you said that, I looked over and I said, wait a minute. Fury, wait a minute. That, what? what uh, oh, I, I apologize. It's mispositioned. Saga of the Beast. Okay. Oh, you got it. Okay, you got All it. Right, All right, we're okay. Good. All, All right. right. How many Come books? On, stormtroopers, come back. Come back. <laughs> How many books are there? Curious. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. This is the seventh. Okay, cool. And I think wow. it was scheduled for nine. So next is War of the Spider, and then it's Pariah. So let's talk Engine War. As an AdMech player, I'm particularly excited about this book. I'm liking the new models that we're seeing coming out. I'm liking the new rules and everything else. But Lavelle, you have this in hand right now. Take and us I, your take on Engine War and how you're approaching it as somebody who just recently got an AdMech army and who will be playing the AdMech for the first time themselves. Okay, but before we go there. I want to go to the back of the book. In the back of the book, there is a section for Chaos Daemons. Yeah, it's not just Admech, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, like, it's got Keepers of Secrets. It's got Shalaxi Hellbane. It's got uh, the Heralds of Slanesh on, on Secret Chariots, Blood Crushers, Fiends. Where were these models? Where, where were these rules before? These are these are new rules that were previously released when those models came out, and I think they might have just been in White Dwarf. Is that correct? Oh, oh yeah. Did the rules with the uh, Keeper Secrets come with her or something like that? Or oh uh, yeah, you know what? That, now it's making sense, and so now they put them together in the book. And I can't really speak to um, like in the back they have specific um, stratagems for demons. They have um, stratagems for bloodthirsters. Uh, Lords of Change stratagems, unclean one stratagems, 
keeper of secret stratagems, and they have a, and this is the thing that I really like, they have a name generator. Yes. So if you and, and your loved one are expecting a baby, uh, I recommend get one of the books and use the name generator. So you could go pain pox. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So I can that, see it. I can see it painted on the wall of a kid's room right now. <laughs> right, it's beautiful. Oh, are we gonna do our name generator call out this episode? We totally should. Uh, I don't have a copy of the book. Well, neither do I. We'll save it for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working my way from the back of the book to the front of the book. There you go. Keep going. Yep, you got next, it. Next, they have um, the same thing for uh, um, for Chaos Knights, um, and the main thing that they include for Chaos Knights is new household bonds. They don't really include any uh, other than the name generator. They include uh, some warlord traits and one or two. Um, there, there's a couple of different um, uh, uh, stratagems for the Chaos Knights. And then after that, they pretty much, well, which is kind of low. For the Imperial Knights, <laughs> they have two pages of stratagems <laughs> in addition to new household traditions and um, new warlord this traits. This is just for this is all Imperial Knights or is this for just Renegades? I've left the Renegade Knights and going to the Imperial Knights. Like there are there is two pages, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Ooh. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There are 14 new stratagems. Ooh. And you know, one that I like is thin their ranks for one CP. Now, of all the armagers, I'm a Helvern guy. And it says, use this stratagem in your shooting phase. When an armored Helvern, Helvern model from your army is chosen to shoot with. Until the end of the phase, armager auto cannons this model is equipped with make six attacks when targeting a unit that contains six or more units rather than two D3. Mm. Yeah, so uh, it takes. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty nasty. That's yeah, great. they have a Warglaive one, a Knight Perceptor one, a Knight can you Valiant. Read the, can you read the Warglaive one, Lavelle? Yes. Um, if your name is Tim. One CP, no. one CP. Use the stratagem in the fight phase when an armager warglaive model from your army is chosen to fight with. Select one enemy unit within one inch of that model. Until the end of the phase, increase the attack characteristics of that armager warglaive model and all other friendly armager warglaive models within one inch of that enemy by one for each other armager warglaive model within one inch of that enemy. Ooh. What? Yeah. To a, to a have to simplify that for my little attack. brain. All right. <laughs> if, you, if there's one armager there, you get plus one attack. Mm -hmm. If there are two armagers there, you get plus two attacks. And it keeps going up. No, it says it maxes to a, to two additional attacks. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's but only all one. All of them get it. That's all correct. All the armagers. Yeah. That's correct. That's kind of cool. Listen to this one. This is an Imperial Knight strategy. I had to think about this. It's one CP. Use this stratagem in your movement phase when an Imperial Knight model from your army is chosen to advance. Add eight inches to the model's move characteristic until the end of the phase instead of making an advance roll. That model must end the move within 12 inches of a battlefield edge and cannot charge. It must end the move within 12 inches of a battlefield edge. Wow, it's interesting. And, you know, that might not be so hard with the new board size, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So um, there was a there, there's a couple others in here that I thought um, I, I got to tell you, I my favorite night of all of my nights is my um, my Forge World cat, uh, 
Castigator. Castigator, yeah. That's yeah, but it, 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 I mean, I guess it's fair game. They don't, they don't do any of those here. But I, I, they don't, yeah, it's either Valiant, Castilians, but I just saw something that I didn't oh. read before. Well, See? they said you're getting the new index books, the new Imperial Arbor books after ninth starts, I think, right, yeah. is what they said. That would be great. Siege Breaker Bombardment, one CP. Use this stratagem in your shooting phase when a Knight Castellan model from your army is choosing to shoot with. Until the end of the phase, so long as that model did not move in your previous movement phase, add one to wound rolls for attacks made with twin Siege Breaker cannons by the model. Plus one of wounds always good. Mm-hmm. Yep. But should we also talk about how is it just to hit modifiers that don't stack anymore? Like they stack, but they can only stack to a maximum of minus one or plus one. I think. Did you guys hear about that? No. Is that, is that my? I don't is remember. That to hit? I don't remember if it was just a hit or if it was all modifiers. But I, I thought, thought it was just a hit. But it's they. You could put as many as you want on something. So it's like after all the calculations are done, you know, like say they get plus two to hit from this and plus, minus one from that and like plus three for that or whatever. After it's all done. At the most, they can either be minus one or plus one. So it prevents like Eldar flyers from being minus three or minus four or whatever they were doing, yeah. like the Lord Discordance, all that kind of right. um, stuff yeah. that made the people people's units feel useless a lot of the time. And I think they wanted to kind of get rid of that feel bad uh, part of the game, you know? Get rid of those super stacking abilities. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. All right, so listen, that is all in page 53 to page 103. All right, so about 50 pages. But the preceding document, except for four story pages, is all ad mech. So that's 50 juicy pages of ad mech. <laughs> Who could, ask, Who could <laughs> ask for anything more? There are some missions in here that look really, really interesting. And I like that they include missions and to give the mission its own stratagem for defenders and attackers. That's really, really good. But you know what? I, I got to tell you something. It's a good time to be a servant of the machine guy. <laughs> okay? It really is. A couple of things. They came up with these things called holy orders. Okay? Uh, they introduced the three new units. We'll go over that in a minute. Blah, 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 blah. But the holy orders, it is so. I don't. I can't get my heads around it. When you have a holy a holy order, your warlord can choose one of three things. Let me give you an example. This one says analysis of the logos. At the start of your turn, you can select one of the aura abilities. Until the start of your next turn, this warlord is treated as having the aura ability on their data sheet. Okay. It, so if they already had an aura ability, it doesn't say they lose it. So they get double aura. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? what let, let me just read this before I read it. Yeah, read that. again, read again, yeah. If an Adeptus Mechanicus character model, excluding named characters, is your warlord, you can select a warlord trait from below for them instead of using the warlord trait table from the Codex Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, analysis of the logo says, and one, two, three, four, hold on. There are four different ones. And this is one of them. 
At the start of your turn, you can select one of the aura, aura abilities below. Until the start of your next turn, this warlord is treated as having that aura ability on their data sheet. And so now there are three bullets here, and they can select each one at the beginning of the turn. The first bullet, predictive, predicted movement. When resolving an overwatch attack made by a model in a friendly Forge World infantry unit within six inches of the warlord, a hit roll of five or six scores a hit. Okay. That's awesome. Empiric prognosis. Roll 1d6 when a friendly Forge World model would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound in the psychic phase. Whilst in this unit, whilst the, its unit is within six inches of this warlord, on a four plus, the wound is not lost. A four plus feel no pain against psychic mortal wounds. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. That's hella nice. Flaws of the foe. When resolving an attack made with a ranged weapon by a friendly forgerer model within six inches of this warlord, on an unmodified hit roll of six, the AP characteristics of the weapon is improved by one for that attack. Hmm. So you get to choose which one. So now, one's that, that, like, uh, that, that hold on, that flaws of the foe doesn't say infantry. So you can use it for an honored doom crawler. Gotcha. Now hold it. They also have that of uh, that pregame um, stratagem where you can give another model a warlord trait. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I know you had a question. Let me just read this to you because I am having trouble. Um, these uh, and oh my goodness, these. Okay, okay. Mechanicus locum, one CP. Use this stratagem before the battle after nominating your warlord. Select one Forge World character model from your army that does not have a Warlord trait and determine one Warlord trait for it. It is regarded as your Warlord for the purpose of that Warlord trait. Each Warlord trait in your army must be unique. If randomly generated, re-roll duplicate results. I just need to understand what I just read there. Just to keep me honest, guys. Well, don't keep me honest. You're not like G. But no, <laughs> listen. Does that mean if I had three characters... I can make one a warlord and spend two CP and make two other ones warlord. I didn't I'm just gonna uh, say yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> read, read it one more time, Lavelle, because I didn't hear whether you said it was one CP for one, two CP for three CP for two. No, I, pregame you can use more than one stratagem. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I'm unclear about victors of the blood game. Yeah. Can I give victors of the blood game to more than one shield captain? But it says, use the stratagem before the battle after nominating your warlord. Select one model from your army that does not have a warlord trait. Yeah, it says warlord. warlord character. No, but that's one for that stratagem. Couldn't I use it again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as it doesn't say, like, the stratagem may only be used once per uh, pregame. But they could release, they might release a fact for it. Okay. So I would keep an eye open for that. But I, I, I'm trying to remember, it's been a while, uh, if they... Uh, the other similar traits, like the Space Marine ones, if they have a fac out or something like that, it would be a good reference to know if they're going to do the same thing. So the other ones are Learnings of the Genitor, Divinations of the Magos, and Fabrications of the Artisan. One says, oh, and I'm not, this is not necessarily in the same columns, when resolving an attack made by a ranged weapon by a friendly model within six inches of its warlord, an unmodified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. That could be pretty powerful on a Dune, on a Dune crawler. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so there, there are a lot of good ones in here with these um, pieces here. So now I'm coming back. So the two, the models that they give us, or the new additions, the Tech Priest man Manipulus, it was always there, but it didn't have a model. Mm -hmm. Now it has a model. They gave us official, well, it was already official, but the rules for the Scorpius Disintegrators and Doom Riders. And then they added Taraxium. If you haven't seen it, these are like these Batman-like robots. <laughs> That's what I like to call them. That, um, that are pretty, pretty awesome. They added Archaeopters, which are the flyers with bat wings. They look like the bat copter. I keep that's stuck in my head now. <laughs> and uh, Cerberus Cavalry, which look like they're mounted on robot horses or very large dogs. Um, and they're very good models. They do different things. One model, um, uh, let me think. They, I'm, I'm just going to call out because I don't want to read everything. One group of the horse riders, they get a free advance move at the beginning of the game. They move 12. But here's the thing about these guys. They have three wounds. Their toughness is only three, but they have three wounds. That's pretty powerful there. Um, the, the sterilizers, the guys with the bat wings, they've got some claws. They, the, One of them has the ability to soar away. They can jump up off the battlefield like the old tile battle suits mm. and then come back on down another turn. Those are the same guys with the 12-inch flamer. Yeah. 12-inch flamer. Now, before you go on, let me just read you this 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 stratagem here, which I thought was just okay. Use this tactical oblique. Use this stratagem in your opponent's charge phase when a Cerberus Raiders unit from your army is chosen as the target of a charge for the first time that turn. Instead of firing Overwatch, that unit can move or fall back as if it were your movement phase. It cannot advance as part of this movement. Hmm. So listen, they're moving twelve inches. Yeah, you, so they're you, moving. You said instead of Overwatch, they can move away from the enemy that's charging them. You're right. Basically, not away, but they can move in any direction. But that's correct. But yeah. now listen to this though. Let's say my unit is engaged with another unit, and you're charging in with another unit. Can I move away? Sounds like it. Does it say as if it were the movement phase? It, it says this unit can move or fall back as if it were your movement phase. Right, because it could fall back out of the current combat it's in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's dynamic. That's kind. Of, that's really good. Yeah. That's, that's actually pretty nice because, like, you could use it to your advantage in the sense where maybe you don't want to move away. Like, is it is it for a unit that's multi-model unit? Yes. It, yeah. So, like... You could move towards your enemy and just put them in a position where you could put yourself in a position where maybe you can wrap them if they try to come into combat with you or something like that. You can't get within an inch of them, but you can move in a way where uh, it might be more advantageous for you in your turn after that or something like that, you know? And so listen to this other one, this, the Taraxi, the guys with the claws, deeply sunk talons. I don't really know. I don't even need to hear anymore. I just love that name. <laughs> Deeply sunk talents. Use this stratagem in your opponent's movement phase. When an enemy infantry unit within one inches of a, a Taraxi sterilizer units from your army is chosen to fall back, roll 1d6. On a 2+, plus, 
that enemy unit cannot fall back. Wow. That's great. Yeah, that's really getting the claws in there. That's good. Yeah. And Lavelle, if you go to the, can you can you talk about the Archaeopter quick? Because I was reading about a rule for that that also gives a Warlord trait. Okay, so listen, let's talk about the Archaeopter comes in three different modes. Transvector, Stratoraptor, and Fuselov. Okay, the Transvector it has a Cognus Heavy, uh, wait, it has two Cognus Heavy Stubbers and a twin Cognus Heavy Stubber, which means it can pump out 12 shots. Um, and Cognus ignores cover in certain circumstances. Correct. Um, there is a stratagem that allows you to do that. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. Um, it, it they all have maneuverable craft. When this model moves in your movement phase, first pivot it on the spot 90 degrees, then move the model straight forward. It can pivot up to 90 more, up to 90 degrees one more time at any point during the, the move. Okay. So you have to first pivot it exactly 90 degrees? I'm sorry, it says up to 90 degrees. Okay, okay. good, good. Up to 90 degrees. <laughs> Um, like, it, okay. does, <laughs> it does. It does. Cancel my it, order. <laughs> <laughs> it does have hover jets, so it can hover, and it has when it's airborne, it can get the hard to hit. It can use the canicles. It has command uplink. If this model has a command uplink, friendly forger models can use this model's leadership instead of their own, whilst they are within six inches of the model. Hmm. But I would almost never take that. Instead, I take this chaff launcher. When resolving an attack made with a ranged weapon against a model with a chaff launcher, reduce the damage characteristic of that weapon by one to a minimum of one. Yeah, yeah. the problem with this model, this transvector is a transport, but it can only transport six models. Six infantry? Um, is there a size stipulation there? What does it say? It says transport of six sec sectari, electro priests, tech priests, or yes, Skitari infantry. Yep. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. Then it's the Stratoraptor. Cognus heavy stub. It comes with two Cognus heavy stubble, two Cognus. I mean, two heavy phosphor blasters, mm. which are a heavy three that doesn't give the benefit of cover, and twin Cognus last cannon cannons, which are heavy two last cannon. We all know what they do. Now, one of the Cognus's ability seems to be that it can advance. And still shoot, mm. but if it advances, it subtracts two from the hit roll. Okay. Okay. So the only thing um, that this one has, um, that's it. It's really the same thing except for, um, you know, can use the canicles. Does that mean it can use the cover canicle? Yeah, it does. Which would mm -hmm. make a minus two to hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, nope. Because they don't stack anymore. Yeah, not with the stack. <laughs> well, it will, but and then if your opponent gets plus one, they'll end at minus one because it, okay. so it could still be good. But yeah, for the rest of eighth, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even in ninth, it's still good because you can like minus two makes you minus one. Minus one if your opponent has plus one a hit, which yeah. is still good okay. to have. So right. right. Yeah. Now this is my build right here, the Fuselov. Okay, it's got all those things. It just has four Cognus Heavy Stubbers, which gives it the 12 shots. Okay? Blah, but uh, let me think. Uh, yes, here's the only thing that makes it different that I love. Bomb Rack. 
You guys know I love my bombs. At the end of your movement phase, this model can drop heavy bombs on one enemy unit. It moved over that in that phase to a maximum of 10 D6. Roll 3 D6 for each vehicle and mon or monster in the unit. And 1 D6 for each other model in that unit. On a 4 plus, one mortal wound. That's nice. That's real nice. They sent yep. us up the bomb. <laughs> and now, well, not now, but in ninth edition, you can fly off the board. Yeah. Yeah, so I really, really like that. And just so everybody is wondering how much that costs, the Fuselov, uh, which is one I like, is 102. Uh, 20 points more for the chaff launcher. So go Okay, on so there's what happens? Can you explain how the flying off the board rules work? Do you, do you, you they, just fly off the board? If your name is Lave if your name has three L's in it, like Lavelle, <laughs> um, the only thing they've revealed so far is that you can, if you fly off the board, you don't die. You're off the board, and the next turn you can come back on. But they haven't said how. Okay. But I can tell you right now. That, listen, you heard it here first. Expect to see seven Necron flyers <laughs> blackening the sky. <laughs> I got them all lined up down in my basement on my table, and I'm talking to them every day. Ready to go. <laughs> Ready Soon, to go. my precious. So, look, the bell, uh, rewind for a second. The points cost for those three flyers. Can you go over that one more time? Sure. And I thought okay. one of them bestowed a warlord trait to somebody inside of it or below it or something. Well, isn't there some something they do with warlord traits? Or am I mistaken? I might be wrong. I just I looked. I saw it on Reddit I yesterday. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, because you know people don't make things up on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't oh. see that. Okay, all right. Oh, let me just uh, explode. Hover hard that command uplink command uplink. No, I don't see that. Okay, keep going. Yep, points okay. cost. Yep, points cost. Let me. Uh, okay, but wait, uh, wait. Before I get to the point card, let me get to the point card so I can get there fast. I just want to tell you one other thing that made me smile. Because, you know, I, I, I've been in a couple of games where I was that guy that blew up your Doom Rider on the other side of the table. But now they have this stratagem called... Uh, come on, I know you're... Oh, Zero CP. You heard it right. <laughs> Evacuation sequence. Use this stratagem in any phase when a Scorpius Dune Rider model from your army is destroyed before any embark army and before any embark units disembark until the end of the phase when a model disembarks from the Scorpius Dune Rider model. Do not roll to see if it is slain. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Zero CP. I like that. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's I thought it was going to be like for zero CP, attach your hands to the underside of the table and <laughs> Flip it. Like, <laughs> right. Hold on, that's different. Um, and it's written in Sharpie. Yeah. It reads. It looks an awful lot like my own handwriting. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Sufficiently sanctified, a Doom Rider's machine spirit will do everything in its power to save its cargo. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Okay. The sh okay, I'm going to go back. The transvector, yep. which is the transport. Is 92 points. Really? The Stratoraptor, which is the one with the last cannons, is only 70 points. But the Bomber is 102 points. Now, the Cognis Heavy Stubber is not free. It is for two points. And what else do you need to know about? What, um, what, what are the wounds and toughness characteristics on that? 
Um, I believe that they're all strength six, toughness seven, ten wounds. That's really seems very inexpensive for their flyers. movement. Their movement bit. is twenty to fifty inches. Wait, they're T seven. T seven, nice. That's pretty yeah. good for flyers. I feel right. Yeah, and it seems yeah. really they seem very inexpensive too. I think I should get more than one. Well, I'm not saying anything, but I've got two sitting in my trunk right now. Damn. Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of hot outside. Maybe I need to yeah, say something. Should bring him in. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, that ain't pretty. Um, there was something else I wanted to tell you. So, um, a couple of things. This flechette faster that the alphas get. Love that. For the flyer guys, mm. it's a pistol five. It's only strength three, but I thought, wow, that's pretty good. That's a lot of shots. Um, the other thing I told you about the phosphor torch, which is a um, 12 inch flamer, no cover. Um, the, the I also think the talons, remember the deeply sunk talons? Yeah. Um, on the turn, they're only strength three. I'm sorry, there's the sterilizers are strength four, but on the turn that they charge or heroically intervene, they go up to strength five minus one, one damage. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, now the guys on the horse. The blaster carbine, you can give one of them guys that. It's assault four, strength five, one damage, minus one AP. A lot of pistols. These uh, one, one group of units, you can give them two pistols, 12-inch pistols. And that doesn't allow cover, the phosphor blaster or the phosphor pistol. And that one of the sulfur hounds, they have a breath weapon, so it's a flamer with only eight inches. But I'm really, really into these 12-inch flamers. Hold but it, no, listen. no, no crazy shooting though. No strong, high strength, strong, like big AP shooting in additions with these new no, units. No, no, no big AP shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the sulfur hounds have an ability called pistoliers. You can choose to fire pistol weapons. Mo- weapons models in this unit are equipped with, even if the unit advance. But I do, I do like, and I didn't really get it at first. But now I'm, I'm what, you know, I played the sample game. I like rad saturation. Subtract one. I like it. I'm sure they don't. (laughs) But subtract one from the toughness of enemy units that are not vehicles. I do like that. And the the, the other ability they have is skirmishing line. At the start of the first battle round, before the first turn begins, this unit can move as if it were the movement phase. And those are the Raiders. And the Raiders do have Eye of Seberus, which is a sniper that can shoot the characters. Oh, well, I, I just blew past that. They can shoot as uh, characters and on six plus, six plus the wound, they do a mortal wound. Mm, that's nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So I, overall, um, we, we've already seen the Doom Rider. Now, let's let's go back to the off-maline tech priest manipulus. I don't know what I think about this guy. Okay? So... Galvanic field. This is his. He, I mean, he's got some weapons and some stuff going on, but this is the thing that I think kind of makes a difference. He has an ability called Galvanic field. At the start of your movement phase, select one of the abilities below. This model gains that ability until the start of your next movement phase. Okay. Both of these are aura abilities. The first one says add one inch to the move characteristics of Forge World units while they are within six inches of any friendly model with this ability. Mm-hmm. Add one to advance rolls and charge rolls for things within six inches. Wow. And another one says that's bolster warriors. And that's funny. It doesn't say infantry. It says friendly models. 
Bolster Weapons is the next one. This model cannot move for any reason. Add six inches to the maximum range characteristics of wage of range weapons with an unmodified range characteristic of 24 or more that are equipped by models and Forge World units. Whilst they are within six inches of this model with this ability, add two inches to the maximum range characteristics of all other range weapons. So that means a pistol. T- does that mean? Hold on. What the? What? The, hold on, what? Does yeah. that mean that this? Yeah, it does. Hold on, that can't be right. Does that mean that that flamer becomes a 14-inch flamer? Is it all or just one unit is the description there, Lavelle? Okay. Add two inches to the maximum range characteristics of all other range weapon models oh, yeah. and Forge World units wow. are equipped with whilst they are within six inches. That's awesome. So I know I just blew past some stuff, but if we could think about that, what I just read with – um. Hold on a second. Okay, so this one. (sighs) Fabrications of the Artisan, which is the Warlord trait under the Holy Order Warlord traits. When resolving an attack made with a ranged weapon by a friendly model within six inches of this Warlord against a unit that is within half range, improve the the AP by one. The next one. Mastery of the motive force. I love that. When resolving an attack made against made with an arc weapon with a friendly that's not so that's arc weapon. Enhanced engine interface. Friendly models within six inches of this warlord can shoot in a turn in which they fell back. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes the doom right so it's harder to get them. But um hold on a second. Hold on one second. Predictive him four inches, eight to attack overload. Okay, it sounds like what ha- what's happened is that they've dealt with a lot of the maneuverability problems that I've found with the Admech army, like moving things and reacting quickly to different changing circumstances has been a challenge because to keep your tech priests moving with the guys you would need them to buff is often difficult. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. I've always been a tech priest dominus guy. I really yeah. like the tech priest dominus. But I'm glad I picked up a manipulus model. Because I pre-ordered it before I saw the rules. Yeah. That, that the, um I, I feel like this um this increasing aura ability can be pretty, pretty powerful. Now, they also in this same section, I told you it was full, they are okay, hold it. Yes, mm-hmm. they also gave canticles. So you can swap out one of your canicles based on the Forge World that you chose. One of my issues is the canicles are Ryza, Mars, Lucius, Metallica, Gryia, Agrippina, and Stygis. Okay, so there's one for each one of those. You play Mars, right? Correct. So listen, models and effective units do not suffer the penalty for moving and firing heavy weapons. Increase the strength characteristics of heavy weapon models so that an effective unit are equipped with by one. That, that, uh, so that's tremendous. Uh, did you guys see the release that they posted today about vehicles? Mm-mm. All it- all vehicles no longer get a penalty for moving and firing heavy weapons, and you can shoot your weapons in close combat at things, and you could declare them to shoot at things outside of your close combat. Like, if you have a tank that has, like, six weapons, like the Repulsor or something like that, 
you could sh you could declare all the shots and say some are going to hit the things I'm in combat with, and some are going to hit the things out of combat. And you shoot all the things that are within an inch of you first, and if you manage to kill all of them, then the other shots go off shooting at the targets out of combat. If you don't manage to kill the things you're in combat with, those other shots fizzle and die, right? So, like, mm. you know? So, can so you hold on one second? Can you get my punishers out of the basement? <laughs> go, go ahead, Carl. <laughs> Uh, I just um, pulled. I just pulled up this page uh, here, uh, Carlo. Big guns never tire. The new rule. Hold on a second. Wait, can can we hold that till we get to the ninth? Because I want to show you some of the dog moors. Please, yeah. Okay, so what you can do now is you can make your own forge world, which is really what I've been waiting for, mm. and you choose a primary ability and one of the secondary abilities, and when you stack those. Um, this one I like. When resolving attack made with a ranged weapon against an infantry unit with this dogma that is not within 12 inches, subtract one for the strength characteristics of this weapon for that attack. That means, you know, if a bolter comes into a, um, a Skatari, he's going to be wounding on threes. But now he's wounding on fours if he's less than 12 inches away, which puts him at the same level of, as a space marine to space marine. Mm. Yeah, and the the other one is that can go. You can choose rad uh, rad saturation, which subtracts one, or sa uh, scarifying weapons. Radium weapons models in this dogma equipped with have an increased AP, and so this allows you to cre create your own forge world, which is really what I'm going to be experiencing with experimenting with. If you choose you choose your primary, and that gives you a primary, and then you choose one of the secondary, and those are the forge world traits you get, and then you choose your, um, uh, you know, your Holy Order Warlord trait. And all of these things stack up to give you a better toolkit for the AdMech army. Overall, I, I, I feel really, really pleased with what this did. Awesome. Let's take a short break. We'll come right back. We'll talk about the wave that is 9th edition. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Section three, we're talking about ninth edition. The coming new way to enjoy Warhammer 40,000 on the tabletop. A lot of rumors have been flying around, spurned mostly by some very clear communication from GW. You know, one of the upsides of this uh, pandemic, one of the silver linings is that the reveals that would have been done at Adepticon were broadcast to the entire world at the same time over the course of several weekends of news. And one of those involved a roundtable discussion, or at least a round uh, video conferencing discussion and a Q&A session to start the, uh, start the engines turning for what will be the ninth edition of Warhammer 40,000 coming sometime this summer. And the thinking is the end of this summer after the next two Psychic Awakening books grace our shelves. Um, let's start from the top. Um, we know that there is a new box set coming out that's been confirmed. We know that it is Necrons versus Space Marines. We know that the Primaris Marines are finally getting bikes. Correct. That's been that's been confirmed, approved, and discussed. Uh, we know there's a number of new Necron models that are going to be in that box, um, and I would imagine the ninth edition rulebook, much like Dark Imperium was for 
8th edition. So let's look at some of the big overarching changes that have been mentioned. Um, let's start with uh, command points and how they are uh, acquired and uh, taken away. Carly, you want to walk us through the changes to the command point rules? Uh, sure, I can start us off. Um, so now you no longer, we used to in 8th edition mix and match detachments to figure out how you were going to get command points. So like a battalion was five command points and you added a vanguard to that, which was one, you know, so that's six. And then you get the battle uh, forge bonus. So that's an additional three. So you'd end up with somewhere around nine or whatever. And depending on how many, you had a maximum uh, limit to detachments, which was three. So the most you could possibly get were three brigades to so be like 36 plus three. So it was like 39, I think. Right. Does that sound right? So, so um, that you never, rarely did you see somebody running three brigades. I don't think I've ever seen it, but um, uh, um, normally you'd have anywhere between, for a 2,000 point game, somewhere between like six to, you know, 15, maybe 20 or with orc players, something like that. Um, now you gain initial command points based on the battle size. So uh, GW has created a chart similar to um, their recommended game size uh, fact that they released in one of the, I think it was a chapter approved two years ago or something when they were making the rule of three and all that stuff. Um, now you have four different game types. Command Patrol, which is up to power level 50, so they and then up to points level 500. So we'll stay, I'll you know, tell you what the power level points are for each one. Combat patrol, yeah. <laughs> Combat patrol, right. sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and that you get three command points to start with. Um, incursion is 51 to 100 power level, 501 to 1,000 points, and that's six command points. The strike force, oh, hero which is 101 to 200 power level, that's 1,001 to 2,000 points, and you get 12 command points there. So normal 2,000-point um, matched play game that we've been seeing across 8th edition all the tournaments. You're going to 12 command points for that. Um, and then Onslaught, which is 201 to 300 power level, and that's 2,001 to 3,000 points, and you get 18 command points for that. Um, so it's, it's an increase of 3, then 6, then 6 again between each tier um now i believe let's see so there's also a command phase at the beginning of the turn that's your first phase now it used to be movement phase first phase is command phase now um if your army is battle forged at the start of your command phase before doing anything else you gain one cp this is called the battle forge cp bonus some abilities found on data sheets and some stratagems are used in your command phase. In addition, some missions have rules that take place in the command phase. Once you and your opponent have resolved all of these rules, if any, progress to your movement phase. Um, Can we pause right there and talk about this command phase addition real quick? Sure. Before, before we circle back to the detachments thing. Um, I love the addition of a command phase, like the hero phase in Age of Sigmar. I think this opens this opens up, and they left the rules. They left a lot of room in that rule that you just read, Carlo. Where, in addition, uh, some missions have rules that take place in the command phase, so it really can change the flow of some missions by little things they can put in this phase that are unique to that mission, which I, I'm kind of stoked about. And the fact that if you're Battleforged, you get one command point at the beginning of every turn is very similar to AOS as well. I like I, I love the possibilities here with that command phase. 
Right. And to go along with what you just said, like they, if listeners haven't heard, they are making missions specific to those point sizes. So the combat patrol and the incursion and the, um, was it the other strike force and onslaught strike force yeah. onslaught they're all going to have their own missions tailored to that point size so you're not going to be playing like eternal you know before it was eternal war and you had six missions for eternal war and it was ma- um, uh maelstrom was yeah. maelstrom mm-hmm. um now those missions are going to be tailored to that point size tailored to that board size which we'll talk about the new board sizes in a minute uh, i'm actually really excited for this because i've wanted to play smaller point games i think it's it's nice having the baseline of 2000 points all across the board. You know, it's been a nice thing to kind of get people playing on the same level, but I think it's time to freshen up the game a little bit. And I think the like GW designating these different sizes of play is going to allow tournament organizers to introduce them into tournaments. So you're going to see, I, I, I'm hoping, I don't know if you're going to see it, but I'm hoping we're going to see some 500 point tournaments pop up or a thousand point tournaments where you're playing like six games in a day instead of three but they're you know they're much shorter obviously so you can fit them all in so i'm gonna say what i'm I'm really really hopeful for this and i hope i'm not looking at kill teams with more models i'm hoping i'm looking at a mission suited for one or two squads you know 500 points one or two squads in an hq like at a patrol level um, I'm really, really hopeful for that. And I like exactly what you said. And, you know, I've been to like when we did the Nova and one of us is playing a 2000 point game against somebody else and the other of us are doubling up. I think this would lend itself to that, that kind of, um, structure too. Very well. Yeah, That's agreed. a good point. Yeah. So we could have all had, if, 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 if that saying, just bring a 1000 point army and two of us will pay, uh, an incursion level game. While the other one, I'm sorry, a strike force level game, while the other one is playing an incursion level right. game against that other opponent. Right. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I yeah. would love to um, see more of that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. What have, uh, what have you guys seen about the missions specifically? Have you read through them at all? Do you see anything you like or? Um, should we check them out right now? I want to talk about one specific thing, and it's, it's a little bit in the um, when we talk about table size a little bit. But I like that you start building out from the center of whatever table you're going to be on. Yeah, I think that makes it more, um, um, I, I guess, more uh, balanced, and it can make things a little bit better. In this same area, when we're talking about the size, I think we should talk about um what they because they, they've also put out how long they think these games should take which is a really really good guide combat patrol is an hour incursion a thousand points is two hours strike force is three hours and onslaught is four hours and if you're playing in these missions with me please allow an extra 15 minutes per level for crying and bitching about the rules <laughs> that my interpretation of the rules is, is uh, more accurate i think that's important um along with what you just said Lavelle, we might as well, let's transition over to talking about uh battlefields in a second but um let's circle back to the fact that uh now your detachments can potentially cost you command points you're paying for detachments uh, so, the, for instance, I have here in the document, uh, battalion will cost you three command points. You get those command points back 
if your warlord is a part of your detachment. So that primary detachment is essentially free with your warlord mm -hmm. in it, but the rest of these you're paying command points to take. So it's going to encourage people to take mono armies, um, and it's going to encourage people to take more varied forces because you'll have like if you take the brigade or whatever you're gonna get keep um all those all those uh units without suffering a cp bonus a uh, cp um hit you know so uh and to move forward to that discussion of uh game length and army size um let's look at the bottom of the document we have here and talk about the number of detachments in each of those battle sizes so they're pitching they're pitching here the combat patrol is one detachment two for incursion three for strike force and four for onslaught um part and parcel with that as lavelle just said combat patrol is an hour game incursion is a two-hour game strike force up to three onslaught up to four now here's the most interesting part and i'm, I'm I, I really want to get your guys take on this i think this is this is this is the, I think is going to be the most controversial part of the new the new edition, right? Creating the battlefield, they're pitching that uh, rectangular battlefield. Hold on, before we go to the creating the battlefield, I want to come back. I just want to make a point. I feel really really happy with these rules, but I feel kind of funny. <laughs> I I feel kind of funny about this because, you know, I have a army of one cryptech and all rates. And so one of the things that prevents me from doing that is I don't really have the, um, what's it called? I, I don't have the- um, Four sword slot. CP. Oh, the CP. Yeah. The CP. I can put them in the outrider, right? And still, you know, I could put them in the outrider and put some more destroyers in there and still get 12 CP. I'm really liking that. But, you know, I, I'm feeling a little cheesy. <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little dirty. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I have been on the other side of the table where, you know, I'm going to get something to eat and something to drink and talking and chit-chatting and coming back. And my opponent's still setting up their orcs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's got a, a, you know, wheelbarrow full of command points. And I've got three. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be painful. Well, um the one nice thing that goes along with that is I'm sure everybody's heard of already is that they're increasing points across the board as well of right. point costs of every model. So, and it, I think it's, a, I think it's just, they're taking the current, whatever it is and multiplying it by a certain percentage. So nothing's getting um, changed. I don't think any point costs are really changing compared to other models. It's just everything going up. So, so now we can go to this, Section number four, which is directly an assault on non-gaming spouses. <laughs> it's a direct, it's a shot across the bow. I'll explain it. <laughs> Read us this. Yeah, this is intense, right? This, so this is, uh, missions are played on rectangular battlefield. The size of your battlefield depends on the battle size you've selected, as shown in the table below. So these are minimum sizes listed here. And I think that's the key word, right? These are minimum table sizes. For the first two sizes of those games, combat patrol and incursion, so that's one detachment or two detachments per army. They're recommending a 44 by 30 table size, which is, if I'm not mistaken, like two kill team boards smacked together. Right. So you could keep going with that. And I think that's they mentioned that in one of the interviews that that is exactly the reason why they're doing it for more or less. I don't want to like 
quote them without actually knowing what they said, but um, it's let me guys, yeah. guys, let me tell you the real reason. Get your tape measure and go med- measure your dining room table. It fits your dining room table without having to put anything on Does it. Does it? Hold up a sec. So we Hold on. I'll so be right back. Hold on. <laughs> so so we don't need another gaming table. Our wives have already bought us it's one. Forty four inch depth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's so now I've got a use for the dining room table. <laughs> You're a damn liar. It does not. It doesn't. How deep is your, your dining room table? Well, if it's deep, like if I turn the board sideways, I could play a combat patrol on it, but I can't play the 44 inch wide okay, okay. Uh, version of it. You can't so do 44 by 60. Mine's uh, 35 and a half inches wide. So listen, this is the time for you now to say, hey, honey. Why don't we get a new dining room table? What do you think about a new dining room table? <laughs> I just got this one. <laughs> I, Somebody else said it almost perfectly fits an IKEA dining room table. <laughs> I, right that, that that extra four that extra four inches that we lose on the side, it's like perfect for my dining room table. Mm. Let me lower my voice. You know what? Two is they also mentioned like if you're still using like obviously all these game shops and everything have built the 48 by 72 inch tables. You have all that extra room now on the table to store your books and your army and everything to get like to keep it on the side there while you're playing a game. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about breaking out the blue tape on those big fat mats and like just making Uh, it so here's the battlefield and we can put all of our other junk around the outside. I think that's real good. Yeah. Somebody was on, I saw a couple, I actually saw two different YouTube channels. They were saying, yeah, this is how you cut your mat. What the, what do you think? (laughs) Why would you need to do that? Right. I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you nuts? I forgot to cut my mat. Yeah. (laughs) I think because if they they later go back up in size, what are you going to do? I will not Mm. be cutting my mats. No, no, sir. No. no. Um, so the, that's the combat patrol and incursion size battlefield is 44 by 30, which is two of those uh, put together, two of the, the um, kill team boards, right? Strike Force next round up. This is a three hour game on a 44 by 60. And then the onslaught, which is the big, the big jam between two and 3,000 points, that's a four hour game on a 44 by 90 inch board. Now, you take the new battlefield sizes into into you know you put those in your head and then you, you you talk about some of the things we've been hearing about the new missions and it's really a completely new way to put a game together and play a game right this is a whole new ball of wax right i think gone are like the default let's just play dawn of war let's just play you know um whatever like like gone are the days of just standing at the edge of a six foot six foot by 72 by 48 table and just throwing two battle lines against each other, which I think is really healthy. And Carlo, as you said, it really does shake up how the game is played and it brings a lot of new energy into the game. Though just, just those, those rules alone are going to shake things up tremendously. I think. I think it also, you know, you, we all know that person that, that, that other player with the three basculists sitting in that corner of the edge of the board, the three, pounding the three away. Riptides, just like, you know. <laughs> they're, they're coming for you. It is, <laughs> That line is getting smaller and smaller. Let them come. But it makes it it makes it harder for uh, things like deep strikers. That's true. Yeah, it makes it harder to kind of outflank and and to create that space. But you'll be in the mix faster. I think it's going to make games go faster, which is nice. I think it's going to give close combat armies a boost, which I think for the average player they needed it. Um, on the competitive level, I think close combat can be pretty pretty deadly um if you know what to do with it 
Um, I'm not that good of a player, so I usually don't get that lucky with it, but <laughs> um, I know like it, it. So I think, I think you're going to see a rise in close combat armies at the start of ninth edition. Uh, when a lot of these like really experienced players start taking advantage of this newer board size. Yeah, that'll be good. Let, let, let's mix that up into um, we. I think we've all read Mike Brandt's article, who recently was hired by GW to do uh, this kind of thing um, at Warhammer Community. Talked about just uh, it was just two days, just a couple of days ago, um, talking about the new match to play missions and how they're now uh, they're refocusing on primary and secondary objectives, and as Carlos said, tailoring these to the battle size. I'm looking at secondary objectives here. We're talking about taking something like assassinate, which is an end game objective. You've scored three victory points at the end of each battle for each character model that is destroyed. Uh, another one here, thin their ranks. Uh, if you select this objective, keep a tally of kill points. Each time an entity model is destroyed, add one to this tally. Uh, these are all grayed out, so you can't really see the whole thing yet. Um, so this is very this is very similar to what Nova actually did last year, which makes a lot of sense coming from Mike Brandt, who uh, up until recently I don't know if anybody's heard, but used to be the head of Nova, now is the head of uh, what game development like kind of stuff or I think organized play. Organized play, yeah. Which makes a ton of sense. So he can graft things like this into the into the team thinking over there, at GW and. Uh, but, but, but those things that you just read, they're like secondary objectives. Yeah, those are secondary objectives. So, for instance, um, uh, on this post that Mike had put up, there's Eternal War Mission number three for a strike force-sized battle. It's called the Four Pillars. And the secondary objective rule on this page reads, in this mission, when the players are selecting their secondary objectives, they can, if they wish, choose one of them to be siphon power below. So each mission has potentially its own secondary objective that a player can choose, which is pretty pretty dope i mean it makes for it make it makes for a like competitively interesting games and b like you could if you're building your own narrative campaign if you can build your own secondary objectives into the game system then you have another way to you know build in some more flavor into the game which is yeah. awesome i kind of felt I, it kind of feels like an, an an adoption of a combination of the nova and the itc rules mm-hmm. Mm-hmm where you can pick your own right but you know because we're both at the battlefield we're doing one thing but we we have different secondary things that we're trying to do yeah i think like nova kind of took that itc um format and made it their own last year so i think that's like part of the evolution and looking back on it i think that was specifically to test for this change Mm. because they always kind of like a lot of those big events and especially nova like are the um kind of sample size they want to test stuff like this right so for sure it makes sense so that's that's another change that i'm that's that's probably the change i'm most excited about is the new battlefields and new missions that more clearly dictate how you set up and more clearly because these a lot of these at least the one posted there um you know the battlefield shape looks awesome but the well, I guess that one isn't a central deployment, so that one's less like some of the narrative missions were in the past. It's that's not an asymmetrical mission because that's one of the match play missions, probably. But but you you start with this nine inch circle or eighteen inch diameter circle in the center of the board, and then it tells you based on that circle, this is where you put the two the four objectives. Now, after you've done that, whatever's left over. One corner is your deployment. Right. One corner is my. That deployment. one's a little less strange than what we've seen in Eighth Edition, but uh, but I think that 
I think the rest of them are going to be really awesome. Um, I have I have high hopes for the new match to play missions coming out with ninth edition. Um, let's go. Uh, let's talk about the crusade rules, which another thing I think is really interesting. Uh, I'm always a fan of ways, especially since we've been playing a bit of Blackstone Fortress. I'm a fan of how you can link together multiple games and have characters kind of follow you through those multiple games and have changes to those characters come into play, much like a role playing game. I can't um, wait for this. I think we should do like a crew shake and like. This should be a good segment for like maybe the second half of the season or something. If we yes. Once the apocalypse ends, yes. should we play in a COVID apocalypse game next year? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we have to avoid yeah. we have, we have to, like a defuse the virus bomb before it goes off in orbit. That would be a great mission. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but this is it, it's basically a framework to, uh, so. to set up a characters that uh, grow as the campaign moves on as they go through this crusade which i think is is awesome i'm i'm not really sure so have you played path have you played um uh, path of path to glory games for aos no so it's very similar to what aos did with path to glory where it's path to glory started as a as a um uh, what do you call it when you um es- like an escalation league kind okay of a, escalation kind of approach, right where you start small and you start adding stuff in right whereas this it sounds like it's not necessarily escalation based. It's not for starting a new army and adding units to a new army, but you have the opportunity to give um, characters in that army buffs based on their performance in that game. So there's probably a chart of things that you can spend points on to make that character stronger or make that tank more uh, feared, etc. To build, to kind of build the narrative across a, a multi-game. Okay, so it's a sequence of games that continues to grow. Yes. Okay. Yes. It says here, from the humble beginnings, your army will grow in size and strength. Yeah. So there is a bit of an escalation. Um, uh, component to this as well. Uh, you'll grow in size and strength as you spend resources you've earned on adding reinforcements while your units unlock new skills from their hard-won experience in battle. Oh, so units increase too. Units gain ability. Size and strength and units unlock new skills. Yes. So it is sort of like an escalation league. Yeah. If yeah. it's growing in size, it's you can you call it an escalation league for sure. Yeah. Um and what they did that was cool with Path Path to Glory is they would they there are little tokens in that book of of rules for that kind of campaign. And you can kind of put the token next to the character that has this new buff, you know, so they have new little I'm sure they'll probably do something like that for this too, or some other third-party manufacturer will make it so that you can, you know, you can give your captain X, Y, and Z extra thing, or this unit can have this thing they earned in the last game, just so you remember it's there. So I like I like that kind of thing. Yeah, I like this. I'm willing. I'm interested to see how it's going to work in a a multiplayer setting because normally I feel like this would be a fun thing if like the three of us wanted to do it and continue doing it. I always know like my experience with running leagues is they always die off really quickly. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really good idea for a league, but like as long as people can maintain focus on it, you know, and keep playing is, games. Right. Yeah. Or, or like you yeah. just said, Carlo, maybe this is better for a small group of players who don't want to formally organize into a league, but who really like the idea of having a reason to play, you know, right. Like right before the pandemic, Carl and I were going to start the, uh, a path to glory campaign just the two of us and we had a set day every week we're going to get together and let's play through the whole book and then put that book on the shelf then we'll go to the uh forbidden power or whatever the next campaign system was for aos play through that one and then put that one on the shelf and move on from there i think this is a good opportunity for that for 40k which i think is dope agreed agreed and this is a, it says here at the bottom, there's an asterisk here. Sorry to interrupt, Carlo. This is a campaign system for narrative play. So Crusade uses power ratings instead of points values, which is cool. 
they they did also say they're going to reevaluate the power ratings and continue to reevaluate them during ninth when new books are released um because they recognize they said they recognize they're failing in uh not doing that the first time and i I know you guys uh if you guys remember power ratings were never adjusted which created a lot of issues like when we went to go play uh, um certain games like that so let's talk about a few more things before we move on let's talk about the new vehicle rules um, the article here at Warhammer, Warhammer Community is called Tanks Are Back on Track. Carlo, why don't you walk us through this change since you had mentioned this is just coming out today. It's the 9th of June. And uh, yeah, it gives us uh, more flexibility with vehicles. Sure. Um, so let me bring it up on my side over here. I know I have it on one of these tabs. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, vehicles now are going to get a... a an update to the big guns never tire ability. Um, a vehicle or monster model can make attacks with ranged weapons, even when its unit is within engagement range of enemy units, but it can only make such attacks against enemy units that it is in within, uh, that is within engagement range of in such circumstances, vehicle and monster models can target an enemy unit. Even if other friendly units are within engagement range of the same enemy unit. Note that if a vehicle or monster unit has more than one ranged weapon, you could still choose to target units that are not within engagement range of the firing model's unit, but they will only be able to make the attacks with that weapon if all enemy units within engagement range of your firing model's unit have been destroyed when you come to resolve those attacks. In addition, when a vehicle or monster model shoots a heavy weapon, subtract one from the hit rolls when resolving that weapon's attack, while any enemy units are within engagement range of that model's unit. Um, so to summarize really quickly, it's a lot of... A lot to unpack uh, there, yeah. Yeah, a lot to unpack, <laughs> but it's actually very simple. So um, they're calling close combat engagement range now. Now, we haven't learned what that entails, but uh, assume for now that it's within an inch of an enemy model, right? So, um, so if you're within engagement range of an enemy model and you're a monster or vehicle, you can still shoot. Um, if you're within engagement range of an enemy model, you have to target. Um, when you announce your attacks, right? So when you declare your shots, say you have a vehicle that has three or four different weapons. If you want to kill something you're not engaged with, you can allocate attacks to that, but you have to resolve attacks on the models you're engaged with when you start shooting in order to guarantee their destruction so that you can shoot at a model that you're not engaged with so you're going to put two shots say you're going to put like say you've got like 10 cultists around you and you've got some kind of or say you've got three cultists you're in kind of with right and you've got six heavy bolt you've got two heavy bolters so you've got six heavy bolter shots and then you've got two las cannons and you want to dedicate your heavy bolters to the cultists you're stuck in combat with to clear them out so that you can shoot the las cannons at another target. And so you're going to make those heavy bolter shots first. If you're successful, you can make the las cannon shots. If you fail to kill all the cultists, your las cannon shots just go away because you've already allocated them. Um, now, it's the same. It's very similar to how shooting works now, where if you declare all your shots on one target and you kill that target, you can't change what your gun's going to fire at because its original target is gone now. 
right? So it's very, you know, it's in line with the current rules, but it's an extra something you can do. Now, you're still able to shoot at stuff that, uh, say you're in combat with something with your tank, and one of your other uh, units is also in combat with that same thing, you could still shoot at the enemy unit you're engaged with, so it says that as well. And um, anything you shoot at while you're engaged, you subtract one from your hit rolls. Now, further down, if we if we scroll down the page more, you'll see that there's a new. They've modified the heavy tr uh, rule, that heavy weapon uh, trait. You know that um, is one of the type of uh, guns in the game, and or weapon types rather. Sorry. Um, it says now when an infantry model shoots a heavy weapon, subtract one from the hit rolls when resolving that weapon's attack. If the firing model's unit has moved for any reason this turn, it used to be for any unit. So now it's only infantry. So cavalry, bikes, the tanks we just talked about, beast, flyers, yeah, beasts, anything like that is no longer suffering a heavy weapon penalty. So pretty neat, I think. You're going to have a lot of, I think you're going to have a lot of people running around with, uh, you do heavy bolters on, I don't know what all the different combinations are. But you could do like you know some big weapons on bikes. I think would be pretty cool or something yep, like. Yeah, I, I would say that flamers are back on the menu for heavy for tanks. Because if you got flamers and they've surrounded you, you you, you know you're guaranteed to hit to clear them out. So don't, don't you auto hit with flamers anyway? No, not. But you couldn't shoot them before. Oh right, can you? I think you probably still can't shoot them though, right? No, no. If you're or engaged. No, no. With the with the vehicle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good call. Oh yeah, yeah. So now, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand, stand right there, cultists. <laughs> we're gonna give you a little bit of the emperor's mercy. Mm -hmm. Now, listen. As you were talking, I kind of zoned out. I have the option to give a heavy weapon to my rates, which I almost never do because they're moving. You always want to keep them moving, but then you're gonna have plus or minus on the hit. It's gonna be hard to hit. But that heavy weapon is pretty powerful now. Super powerful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm reading the bottom of the page here. It talks about how they're going to, uh, in tomorrow's post, they're going to mention blast weapons. Um, are we going to see, say we have this heavy weapons rule, right? Say we have increased point costs across the board relative to one another, but everything is going up in points, right? We're going to see fewer models on the table, right? Are people going to be taking more monstrous creatures and heavy uh, big tanks and stuff? Because now they're a little bit more fun, a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more flexible. And maybe we need to bring fewer things, which is kind of interesting. You, l listen, you still need those bodies, as always, to hold objectives. Sure, sure. Yep. And those sure. bodies, especially with the new terrain rules, I'm willing to bet you, will be more survivable. Also keep in mind that, again, we were talking about before, a more varied force will give you more command points So, to start out with, right? So, And since we're not going to have a lot of... I don't think... Like, soup is still allowed, right? You're still allowed to uh, take soup. But you're paying the command point penalty for doing it because any detachment beyond the first, you pay CP for, depending on the detachment. So if you want to take a mono army that's a brigade and you're going to take bodies, you're going to take armor, you're going to take cavalry or bikes, like fast attack options, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and I think what they're trying to do, because 
they mentioned that there's going to be a lot more CP in play based on you're starting with however much and then you gain one every turn. Yeah. So you're going to be churning through more CP. So it's going to be, and we all know how powerful stratagems are. They can almost be more important than what your army composition is. Carlo, I I need to ask you, I I don't know if you are doing this on purpose, but I I need Mm -hmm. to ask you, Mm -hmm. you keep saying brigade. Do you feel that the brigade is more powerful or flexible than a battalion? Um, let's the, look at what's the, brigade, the CP difference now in the new format. Well, wait, the CP difference doesn't matter because you're still going to, we're going to both start with 12 at 2000 points. Oh yeah. So, I mean, but, uh, the brigade, so if you, you take a battalion versus a brigade, the brigade just allows you to take more, um, I no, think of, of it requires any specific, you. right? It, it requires you a brigade, a battalion. To meet a battalion, you need three troops, uh, two two HQs. Well, look at this. So, the command benefits of a brigade might be different than a battalion because your command benefit of a battalion is plus three command. The brigade might give you more. No, no, that's a that's not a benefit. That's a cost. No, no, no. If uh, look on the left side. If it's your primary detachment, you get those three command points back. Yeah. If it's a secondary hold, hold, detachment, then yeah, then you pay for it. Hold it, yeah. so hold on a second. Let's Tell take me a look at where are you guys at. If you look on the document, look on the run sheet. Wait, you're on the Warhammer site? No, I'm only joking. No, no. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, I'm I'm on the run. Listen. So I'm looking at the battalion. Yeah, you see the command cost is three CP. But you get that back. But the command benefit is if your warlord is a part of that detachment, you get three command points. No, but that benefit matches that command point cost. Right. Right. And so that benefit, from what I gather, that benefit is always going to match the command point cost. So if you if a battalion costs you twelve CPs, you'll get twelve CP back if it's your primary one. Right. So I think it depends on your army's force org, right? So if if you want to take more than four HQs. Right, more than three HQs, and you take, um, you're going to be paying command costs to take a second battalion. Hold on. Whereas a second. if you take the brigade, like look at the force work for the battalion, it's two to three HQs. If you no, want no. to take four heroes, you Hold need to take a their second detachment or upgrade to the battalion. Yeah, lim- the brigade. Here. Right. Yeah. What what you just said is true, but the other limitation on the brigade is you have to take three elites, three fast tacks three heavy supports. Right. Right. You don't have to take that with the battalion. So that the only reason I raised that up, I'm trying to get to, um, to me, the battalion gives you more flexibility because wait, with the brigade, you have to take six troops. Yeah. You have to take six troops. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're sucking down a lot of those 2000 points. I think it's, it's going to, it's going to depend on what kind of army you run. If you're taking guard or like a horde army, you're probably going to take a brigade. If you're taking space Marines, maybe a battalion, maybe you might not be able to get a battalion, maybe something else, you know? Yeah. 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 So, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. This is this. I, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see this. I think, I think the, I think the, 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 the initial ruling was designed so that if we play a 2000 point battle, Okay, and we have we both have one primary detachment, whether yours is a brigade and mine's a battalion. We're going to get I'm making this up. This is what I believe we're going to have. We're going to start the game with the same 
um, number of command points, I think. But we'll right. have to see. As long as you don't get more than one detachment. For right. every detachment you buy, you pay that detachment cost. So you come uh, to the table with a brigade, and I come to the, the table with a battalion. We're still going to have the same number of CPs, I believe. But we, we still have to see what that, that, right. that she uh, says. That's correct. Yeah. As long as your warlord is in that detachment, which it will right. definitely be. So, Carla, can I ask another question? Is mm -hmm. that tra dedicated transport rule, does, has that always been there? No. So that's different now. So it used to be, you used to get one dedicated transport for any unit. And now I think it's for an infantry unit, Infantry, right? yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, like you could bring for each before the rule was for each unit you have in your army, you can bring a dedicated transport. So it used to be like if you had six like tanks, you could bring six drop pods. You know, it doesn't it didn't really make much sense. So now I think they've kind of made it so like you know if you're bringing six tactile squads, you could bring six drop pods or whatever, or six repulsors or whatever the appropriate thing is. You know. Carla, you may have seen this more than me, but can you talk about that restriction under under strength units? Have have you seen those? So yeah, I mean, like I really don't. So under strength units were a thing that allowed people to run. Uh, I, the main purpose of it was so that you could run a unit where, you, if you didn't have enough models at home, you could play. Like if you only had four tactical. Mer at home because you got the paint set you could still play those four you paid the full price of that unit but you you like you still had to pay the minimum price so minimum in a unit i think is five so you have to pay the price of five but you, you only bring those four um so what does it say now it says you can't bring any understrength units this detachment cannot include any understrength units yeah yeah so i i really don't get the point of that um I don't know if there might be like an additional benefit of bringing an understrength unit that I just haven't experienced. Um, okay. Maybe we'll get back to the listeners with that answer next podcast yeah. or something if we figure it out. Or if they want to let us know on the Instagram or the Facebook page. All right. But before we go there, can we talk about the app? Yeah. I don't know. I hope it's good. I hope it's Have good. you ever used the War Scroll app? I have. What'd you think about it? Not impressed. Not impressed. The symbols don't make any sense to me. It doesn't, it's just, it's, I don't know. I think if they make, either you guys ever use the Infinity app? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, they, if they make it as functional as the Infinity app, right. or another one that's good, War Machine has a, a really good app. It's not as good as before, where we could pay and we could go over the server and see each other's armies and stats. If they do a really good job in making it a really, not just a, I, I'm, I'm not interested in another army builder. I want a really useful tactical tools with 3D uh, projections into my eyes, using hand <laughs> gestures to adjust units, being able to give orders, uh, calling down orbital strikes. If they can do that, I'm really interested. I hope it's good. You know, we've talked about it before, how 
I think every single app that GW has has pushed out, has published, has had a, a number of issues. Like not long after it's been released, you know, um, one that I was going to mention in the in the uh, the chosen section of our show today was the Black Library Audio app. How it is, I mean, it's fine. You can buy books and you can listen to them in there, but like all of the ways that it should work with the Android operating system on your phone, like don't work. Like you can't pause and play from your sleep screen. Like it doesn't show you now playing in the now playing spot. It doesn't do anything. Oh yes, yeah. sometimes like. I've noticed, like, it, if if it syncs with your car, it'll start back at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, because you went back book. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the worst, right? <laughs> so, so while it does work, like, it does load and it does like do what it's kind of supposed to do. Like, all the little details that make it for a nice user experience are just not there, right? And I'm really hoping this doesn't happen with with this uh, this potentially Warhammer 40,000 list building app. You know, it could work for like the current edition of iOS. It could work for the current edition of Android. And everybody's like, yeah, it's amazing. But then all of a sudden some little push gets put out by Google or Apple and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it doesn't, uh, you know. You get soup, be yeah. quiet. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> and the, the one good app they had, which was the Dice app, they removed. Right. <laughs> like what? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that app don't really even, worked really well. The listeners know that. Don't even get me started on the combat roster. <laughs> don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm hopeful. I'm man. hopeful. I'm hopeful too. I'm very hopeful. Yeah, it could be really well, great. GW, have you heard my little rant? You know all the things that I want. It, it should come with glasses so you can see overlays on the battlefield. What Lavelle <laughs> wants. What Lavelle needs. Constantly, constantly calculating on the side of my glasses, <laughs> the, uh, the attack vectors. Let me put this out into the ether, right? Think about this. And I've been thinking about this a lot since we've been, you know, staying at home for the last three months, right? I would pay a monthly subscription fee for an app that worked and was not only a list builder, not only a Black Library audiobook downloader, not only a store, right? But also White Dwarf every month. Send me a digital white dwarf. I'll pay you 10 bucks a month or $15 a month, whatever it is. You know, give me the digital white dwarf. Give me like a constantly updated app that works as a list builder and as a way to get Black Library content. I'm golden, right? Give me like one hub for all my Warhammer stuff on my phone and I'm, I'm on board with that. Well, for all of that, I have to add, since we're getting, doing a wish list, find a player. Oh, yeah. You know, like Tinder. Uh, you swipe fork now. now. Hey, that's, that's an Lavelle, that's an amazing idea. That's great. Dude. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Find a player. That's great. Somebody. You should make. You know what? Don't air this episode because we need to keep that idea to ourselves <laughs> over here. <laughs> the last big question I have for you: Does a new edition need a big model release like a Primark model? Yes, it needs Lehman Russ. Hold on a second. I find that statement to be very offensive. How did you get? <laughs> how did you skip over Rogel Dorn? He's dead, man. No, listen. <laughs> what about Vulcan? He's dead, man. No, Vulcan can come no. back. He's, he's perpetual. So, Vulcan's listen now. I, 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 I think, I think <laughs> Lehman Russ is good, but he's a little bit ways now. If he comes back, it's all over. You think so? It, that's what he said. He's coming back at the end time for the final hunt. So I was like, before they released the new logo, I was under the impression, I was like, you know, if GW advances to 50K, they can't call the game Warhammer 50K. So the only thing they could do is change like the name to be something like Age of Sigmar, where it's like, like you know, millennium, 
death or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I think before we'll see Lehman Russ, we're going to be looking at Sanguinia. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, that you're sick. Too well. soon. Oh. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Lionel or uh, yeah. what's his name? And I'm 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 I got my bet set that when Lehman Russ comes, he's coming back with Constantine. Keanu Reeves is coming. Constantine. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, Constantine Valdor. <laughs> Valdor could be both, in there. Both of them will ride out of the warp mm-hmm. with a, with a bunch of uh, uh, chaos heads on their belts. I'm excited to see what's you know not only this new box of models, but not the you know the new start starter box for Ninth Edition. But I'm hoping there's another big model release at launch with something like the Silent King model or something oh, like a Primark. No, you can stop. The Silent King is definitely coming back. I don't think that's enough for the Imperial side. We need a Primark. We need a Primark because the Silent, I mean, the whole, I think that, you, did you see the models in that release? I don't, I've, I've been a Necron player from the beginning and I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm looking at them, what? What am I looking at? Right. <laughs> Right. And, you know, in Engine War, the um, uh, um, a tech priest brings this brings them that device and they imply that he's really not a tech priest. They're not looking too closely at him. Mm. It's probably a cryptex. And mm. hey, yeah, the silent team told me to give you this because you guys need some help. Bad. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but I, I think we need we need a loyalist Primark very badly. Very badly, because right now we're looking at what two or three, Mag- Magnus and um, and Motarian. Yeah, Slanesh. I bet you, um, Slanesh is going to bring back Fulgrim. But yeah. the thing is, remember, there's still talk they could bring back a Demon Fulgrim and a Loyalist Fulgrim. They could do that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't. I Double like Fulgrim. Double Fulgrim. I don't like that either. No, but like between, listen, can we have a conversation with Carlo? Not including what? Lemon Russ, okay? Because to I, me, I, Lemon yeah. Russ, Lemon Russ, <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Russ coming back is going to be hard to see how they're not going to roll over chaos. Yeah, if yeah, Lemon that's Russ true. Comes back, they would yeah, the line chaos. is like not strong enough. I'm sorry, you know, yeah. like him coming back. It's like, eh, whatever, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, and even even um, the lion or uh, Vulcan, Vulcan is not really strong enough. But Rogel Dorn coming back, Rogel Dorn coming back can change the game. You don't he, think Vulcan's strong enough? I don't. Got that it's not just him. It's not just him. It's his legion. They're okay. The salamanders. Sorry, sorry Joe. Just you know those. why? Because they they like hiding under like like foliage. And stuff like that, you know. What I mean, salamanders so, don't really like come out to fight. No, I, I <laughs> like, think the Rogo, like the salamanders, I just, I, I think, even the uh, the dark angels, the dark angels are so screwed up as a faction. Yeah, you know, the, I think if if Lionel Johnson comes back, they're going to spend the next hundred years fighting amongst themselves. Yes, that's probably true. Yeah, there will be a civil war first, and on Caliban, yeah. and then we move on from there. Yeah. yeah oh, then, do you think there'll be, be like like game, it'll be Warhammer Civil War? Like the Avengers kind of thing, you know. That would be cool, but we had that before. It's called the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I think it's, it's got to be Rogel. It's got to be Rogel doing. He's the only one that can turn the tide because we're suffering, man. 
Let's take a short break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up episode 34. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Let's ramp up episode 34 like we always do with the chosen stuff related to this hobby that we think is cool our listeners might like to know about. You've already heard my little mini rant slash mini plug. Well, it's a, it's a mini, mini rant. It's a mini, mini, mini plug. That's it. Thank you. It's a mini, mini rant slash mini, mini plug for the uh, Black Library <laughs> audio app. Unfortunately, just this week, they stopped pushing out the dollar audiobooks. But as I've been painting uh, recently, I've been listening to the Soul Wars audiobook, which I mentioned. It was a dollar and it was like 35 hours of audio. I'm like halfway through it. Um, but I have been enjoying listening to uh, my first real audiobook related to uh, the hobby. Um, so the Black Library audio app, even though I it doesn't fully function like it's supposed to. It does get you books. And when you were getting books for a dollar, I was really stoked on that. So my uh, my chosen for this week continues to be uh, the audiobooks. Lavelle, what do you got? So um, I'm making a chosen. It's something called Felt here. It's a European company. I have purchased enough foam to completely pack my um, custodies. It was less expensive than battle foam because battle foam can be expensive and you're buying in quantity. And they say, what's the discount we'll give you? We'll give it to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you buy it. That's the discount. So well, we I'm can... waiting for it to come to, and I'll give a report on the quality of it. Um, I, I guess when I ordered it, I mean, it's taken a long time to get here. But it's it's it came across on the ship. Okay, good. And so it's somewhere in New Jersey. And was it uh, customizable? Um, no, they, listen, it wasn't customizable. Like I don't like the pluck and pulls. Um, but what it was is, um, they had enough of a varying size. So I, I'll, I'll let you know what the quality is like and everything. My, my, my strategy right now is I need to only keep my show pieces out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've come to that conclusion as well. It's like you try to shove an entire army onto a shelf in your, you know, in your detail case or whatever. And it ends up looking like like too cumbersome, you know, too can't, clustered. You can't really see any yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. Carla, what do you got for us this week? I got a whole lot of nothing, Tim. I haven't been hobbying at all. You know what I got? I got some uh I got some alligator clips coming in the mail. I don't know if you guys have uh used those to hobby at all, but I've since I've been doing more airbrushing, um I've kind of switched over to the Gundam stuff and something you don't really see a lot in forty K hobbying is the need to paint each individual piece of a large model before assembling. Like a lot of people just assemble their models painted and I'm, you know, guilty of doing that as well. Um, or I'm sorry, paint their models assembled. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fully assembled. And with a static pose, it's, you know, certainly doable. But as I mentioned in the last episode, the one mistake I made was, you know, um, kind of um, like when I painted them, I didn't really have a good plan going into it and I ended up painting a lot of the joints and it caused uh, some pieces to break because of the stress involved with now something that is harder to rotate and turn and whatever because of all that added friction. So I've purchased a bunch of these alligator clips online, which I got them from Amazon, um, but they're like little sticks with an alligator clip on the end so you can post each piece 
individually on like a block of foam and spray it, you know, for when you want to prime or spray. So that's my chosen this week. I think that's, you know, really simple tool, but something that's going to dramatically change how I paint my army going forward. Hey, so. Carlo, can you post the pic when you get them? Can you post a picture of one um, just static and one in use on the Instagram? I'd like to see it. Sure. Absolutely. But listen, I got to show you guys something because you've convinced me to do something. See, let me see. Ooh. I haven't seen that oh, one yet. That's you got that from Gamers Heaven, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah. I was in Gamers Heaven and I was I, I was talking to uh, Andrew. I said, look, just give me an entry level one. They they say I need to try it. It's relaxing. He said, oh, it's nothing. It's no. It's nowhere near as stressful as the one. Hey, what do you like? Hey, how about a Transformer? And he gave me some. I said, no, I'm really into the bad guys. <laughs> Sweet. Let us know. So said, should we should we also take the time to plug new gamers heaven layout? Like they're doing uh they're called GH Mart now to try and survive the pandemic. So um, So let's talk about that a little bit. So what he did was he took his store and he he you know, I can dig. He's a small business person. He's trying to keep it open. So he flipped it into an Asian market and it was not what I expected. So I said, "Let me go over here and um you know, show him a little support." But when I got there, it was a real Asian market. My daughter went wild because she likes all kinds of Asian foods. And he had a huge selection. And I asked him, I said, well, how do you see this going? He said, you know what? This is to get me through that. I do see he's probably because I think he's doing well, but he's probably going to keep a section of it there. And he's going to somehow figure out a way to, uh, to not even figure it out. He's already planning it to keep in the gaming world. He's in, he has his, his foot in two different gaming worlds. He's in the electronic gaming, really, really big. And then he tries to support the miniature and the role-playing game. And so, you know, he's still limited by space, but he's struggling with that. But um, I've been purchasing from there. Um, I've been purchasing pretty regularly from Red, uh, Red Caps as well. I call Ben and say, Ben, I'm outside. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it on a step. <laughs> yeah, Red Caps is, you know, he they're doing curbside pickup right now. So I encourage every you know a lot of our listeners their home stores red caps i encourage you to go and support that business so they can kind of keep chugging along yeah i'm i'm like carlos said earlier i'm really 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 excited about getting out and playing again getting out it doesn't even have to be a tournament just a casual game you know i can't wait to get salty again <laughs> i can't. <laughs> can't wait to can't wait to be a sore loser yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, I miss complaining about the rules. I Seriously. Saw, I saw something on Facebook, or maybe it was the onion. It, it says store offering drive-by arguments about the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive up and argue. Nice. Uh, let's wrap up episode 34. Um, we hope this podcast has found everybody safe and healthy and well. For Crew Shaken, I've been Tim. I'm Lavelle. And I'm Carlo. Thanks for listening, everybody. 